You're a real crumb bum. Can you feel that? Can you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? So now it's fourth and 26. You want Philly food? This is Miracle in the Meadowlands, number two. And the Eagles fans. The Eagles fans. Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. Welcome on, everybody. You are listening to the Philly Specialist once again. And this is just a little, another little mini-sode for you. We decided to do another Just the Tip episode, if you will. Uh, we want to talk a little bit today about the news that broke. Uh, I don't know if I'd call it news, but the, the, the opinions that are kind of circulating about Jeffrey Lurie and what he said this week and if he's dictating to the football guys, quote-unquote, you know, what, what the football decisions are going to be. Well, you got any thoughts on that, man? Yeah, sure. So one thing I do want to touch on uh, on this is uh, it's really good when you are t- people like us, when you have a two inch penis, when you do adjust the tip, it's really just about the same thing as a regular episode. They're just as long. But Why, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just as long, just as good. But, you know, there's there's more to come later or maybe I'm about to come because. Jalen Hurts has officially been declared the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jeffrey Lurie has said to his his team, to Howie Roseman and his team, that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback and we want to build around him. As a Jalen Hurts stand, that obviously makes me very happy. I want the kid to see a, uh, to have a shot. I feel like the Philadelphia Eagles are the fuckboys that have been played out too many times, have played too many women too many times, and they finally realized after the last girl walked out the door that we need to commit. We need to make a decision. We need to stop playing around on these streets. We need to we need to make, you know, a wife out of a hoe. We are the hoe, the Philadelphia Eagles. It's time to make the right decision. And I think that, you know, if you would have asked me nine months ago, uh, should we commit fully to Carson Wentz? I would have said yes, but we didn't, and now we're here and we're committing fully to Jalen Hurts, and I still think that's the right decision. And here's the big difference that I have about this whole thing very quickly. Carson Wentz uh, is a lot like the kid that you went to school with who had the PlayStation 3 first. He had the pool. I was in love with Carson Wentz in the way that I'm in love with that kid. That is the kid who had all the tools, had all the things I wanted to play with. But at the end of the day, Carson Wentz is a kid from North Dakota. Me and him aren't the same breed. You know, I'm I'm a Jalen Hurts guy, and and now that that kid has moved away, I'm spending more time with Jalen Hurts. You and Jalen Hurts are the same breed. Yeah, we're both. I mean, he's a rare breed. Yes, yes. Hashtag rare breed. Hashtag rare breed. Hashtag Dom Salvato breed. Hashtag we're both pit bulls. Hashtag uh, Salvato Island. Hashtag Salvato Island. Hurts Island. So in the way that Carson Wentz was the kid with the pool, Jalen Hurts is the kid that you came over his house. And he still had N64 when PlayStation 2 came out. You were playing old Nintendo games, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter about the tools that Carson Wentz had. You were having more fun with Jalen Hurts. I truly believe that Jalen Hurts is going to be the type of kid that takes that childhood friendship and succeed. And then you're going to be sitting there when Jalen Hurts buys his first in-ground pool. And you're going to be the first person to do a cannonball with Jalen Hurts holding hands at the same time in that water. It's going to be a great moment for us, the Jalen Hurts stands. So that's kind of my big take on it of like being a Jalen Hurts man. Like I am very excited to build this relationship with my new quarterback. Dom, what you have just said 
was utter and complete nonsense. Hardly a word of that made sense. Yes. Yeah, so what I'm saying is that doesn't matter. This is you're right. It doesn't matter. No, it's not about Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. You Carson Wentz hating ass people have to let it go. He cannot continue to live rent free in your head forever. He's gone. Jalen Hurts is a quarterback now, for better or for worse. Every time we talk about Jalen Hurts, we cannot bring Carson Wentz into the conversation. This isn't about Carson Wentz, and it's not even about Jalen Hurts. This is about an owner, Jeffrey Lurie, telling a coaching staff, this is your guy. I don't care what you think. I don't care what your scheme is. I don't care what you what you think of his talent. This is your guy. That's dangerous. That's a bad thing. That's a bad precedent to set. That is Jerry Jones-esque. We do not want that. We've been praising Jeffrey Lurie for years for not being that guy. I I can't believe that you're okay with it, and I think you're only okay with it because you are so eager for the Jalen Hurts era that you don't care how it gets here. But if we're setting bad precedents in the meantime, just to get to there, guess what? That kind of stuff's going to leak over in two or three years from now. If Jalen Hurts struggles, and you think that it would be a worse football move to move on from him because there's a reason he's struggling, or there's a coaching problem, or there's a talent problem, just like we experienced in 2021, Jeffrey Lurie may say, fuck it, I'm going to do whatever I want because it's my team. That's dangerous. I am willing to talk about that and and give you my counterpoints, but because this is just a tip, and we're not going to be talking to you for 30 minutes, I'm going to have to throw this over to an ad real quick. And then when we get back, I'm going to explain to you why Jeffrey Lurie is doing something that every owner should be doing and why I don't have a problem with it. Welcome back, guys. Uh, You have all listened to me literally get to the point of orgasm. And then Eric had literally ripped that away from me and brought the 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 eagle ride that I was on with Jalen Hurts crashing down to the floor to, to, to describe the macro problem to the micro situation of Jalen Hurts being our quarterback. Here's where I don't see eye to eye with you, Eric, on this. Every owner in the NFL is going to be making this decision. Every owner has the say in who your quarterback is, and they should, because they are the owner of a million-dollar, billion-dollar franchise. Here's a little fun fact for you on that. The Seahawks in 2012 were worth $1.04 billion. They are worth, right now, $3.075 billion. Do you know what happened in 2012? I'm listening. Russell Wilson was drafted. The Kansas City Chiefs three years ago, since that date, since, since three years ago, since 2017, have increased in value $500 million. The two things that happened there in case A and case B, uh, case B, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. As an owner of a franchise, you are responsible not only to the fan base, but to yourself to make money. This is, this is his money. At the end of the day, Jeffrey Lurie is in control of his own money, and he should be allowed to make the decision on the highest dollar driver for your franchise every single time. Whether you think he is a football guy or not, he has spent 20 years in the NFL watching it. And he is responsible not only to us, 
but to himself to make that decision because it's what puts money in his pocket. I would never go to a bar if you own a bar and you strictly serve Jameson. If if this if that's how you feel about the game of football, then why not just watch simulated Madden? Like th- this is about the sport. This is about what's best for the team and the wins. And it's not just about the quarterback because Another thing that happened when Russell Wilson was drafted and when Patrick Mahomes was drafted was those teams started to win. Do you think Jared Goff is an elite quarterback? No. Okay, well, do you think that the Rams are more valuable today than they were when they drafted Jared Goff? Do you think that they're looked at with more esteem? Do you think that they have more monetary value? Do you think that they're a better franchise? And I know he's not on the team going into 2021, but he's not an elite talent. But the Rams are better. The Rams are a good team because they handed it to a good coach and said, do what you got to do, make this team good. And now they're competitive year in and year out. And okay, they haven't gotten over the hump, but the team, the value of that team and the way that team is looked at is better than it was. Not just because they went out and drafted a quarterback that turned out to be a world beater like Russell or Mahomes, but because the team was good. They were winning games. They're in the playoffs every year. They've got stars all around that team. That's why that team is good. Yeah, but at the same time, the reason that that team is good also is that the ownership, when they drafted Jared Goff, they were thinking that they were making that decision, and they went all in. They went full bore on it. I believe they traded up to get Goff, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. And the idea is, on top of Goff, they're also making decisions. The owner is spending the money and moving the team to a new stadium. Like, the owner is doing the same thing, not only with golf, but every decision that you just uh, described, the owner is the one that's saying, in my opinion, we can give up two ones for Jalen Ramsey. We can sign this me- mega deal for Aaron Donald. We can we can do what we have to do to make us a marketable team in, in L.A. The owner's not saying that. So That's so, the GM's job. It's supposed to be the GM's job. So uh, to a degree, yes, I agree with you, but I do believe that the owner – is the one that makes, in my opinion, and I think that they have every right to, I look at an NFL franchise as a ship, and you have your first mate, your GM, and you have your your coach, who is like your first mate part two, and then you have your captain of your ship, the owner of the ship, is allowed to make the decision of what direction you're pointing in, because he ultimately is the one who has funded this entire ship. And the difference between watching a simmed Madden and watching an NFL franchise is, when I watch a simmed managed Madden, 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 when <laughs> when I watch a simmed Madden, when I watch a simmed Madden franchise, someone hasn't dumped three billion dollars into a simmed Madden franchise. Jesus, God up in heaven, I can't say Madden. We, but the, we get it. But the point is, when you watch Blitz the League, it's not the same. It's not the same because of the money that's at stake. And I don't... Yeah, but just because the owner has the power, I'm not. I'm not disputing that the owner has the ability and the power, right? Mm-hmm. I'm saying that they shouldn't abuse it because it's it negatively impacts a team. It's not good. It there is no situation where it's good to bring in a guy like Nick Sirianni, right, and be like, oh, by the way, you're only going to get control over like sixty percent. Yes, and to a degree, that's correct. And I think that this issue that we're living with right now isn't an issue right now, but it is a symptom of something that could be a disease, could be something that would be what I would call Jerry Jones-itis. This could be a symptom of it, or it could just be an owner making the biggest decision in your franchise, which is selecting your quarterback. 
I think an owner has every right to make that decision. And I, I am a big proponent of saying you never tell a man what to do with his money. You would be upset if you were at a bar and you had had 15 beers and you had me come up to you and go, you want to do this shot of Jameson? And then someone goes, Eric, you're not really a whiskey guy. You, you're not a whiskey guy. Like you're a beer guy. You drink beer and you know beer. Because you you fund the beer. I can't believe you'd say that to me right now. But whiskey isn't your forte. You can't really make a decision. Well, technically, in my opinion, this is your liver, your night, your alcohol. So if you want to take that shot, I say take the damn shot. I can't believe you have brought out a bottle of Maker's Mark. I, this is terrible radio, but fantastic content in my memories. Can't believe that's how you feel about me. I'm just saying, if someone were to tell you you can't do something, it would be something that you would do anyway because it's it's your decision ultimately. Oh, I can't believe you did that. I love whiskey. Oh. That that being said, all all things all things considered, I do agree that they that moving forward we need to be aware of this as Eagles fans. We need to be able to call them out on this. But this is one of those situations where I think vocally it's happening in Philadelphia because you're in Philadelphia and you're hearing about it because it's in Philadelphia. But I think it's a decision that's made by every owner in all 32 teams because it's truly the biggest decision you'll make with your entire franchise. I just don't agree with that. But I don't want to I don't want to say that that Jeffrey Lurie is Jerry Jones. I think Jeffrey Lurie is. He doesn't have like an M.O. He's mm-hmm. not a creature of habit. He's never been that guy. Uh, Jeff McLean dropped an article a couple days ago. No, I'm sorry. Was it, was McLean's article the it was same? McLean one that... about Roseman and and Howie and yeah and or Howie Roseman and and Laurie. He was in there. But I'm actually I'm thinking of the the uh, Barrett Brooks thing. That was not Jeff McLean's article. Mm-hmm. That was a uh, a podcast or something mm-hmm. where Barrett Brooks was telling a story about back in the day. This is when Ray Rhodes was the coach, mm-hmm. and he got cut, and it came from Laurie, and he was saying that he was listening to WIP to make decisions like that and went right over Ray Rhodes' head and cut him. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. I don't know how true it is that he was listening to WIP. That sounds like hyperbole to me. Yeah. But I do think I would expect a younger – I mean, if Ray Rhodes is a coach, he had just bought the team maybe a year or two yeah, prior. Yeah, it's, it's very early in his yeah. tenure. So, okay, so he's hands-on. Then he learns his lesson because it doesn't work out. And what does he do? He brings in Andy Reid, and he gives Andy Reid the keys. And what happens? For a decade, the better part of a decade, you you and me wake up on Sunday and we just know we're going to body whoever we're playing. Mm-hmm. We're just killing teams. We're in the playoffs every year. We make it to the NFC Championship game three times. We make it to the, uh, to the Super Bowl once. We were one of the most successful teams in football. You brought up the difference in uh, team value pre and post success. I mean, that has to be astronomical. And I'm not even looking at it, but I know it's got to be huge already in a giant market, right? Then Andy's time ends, and what does he do? He brings in a football guy, quote-unquote football guy, Chip Kelly, and immediately hands him the keys. Here you go, buddy. Howie Roseman gets put in a broom closet for four years, three years, whatever. Chip Kelly is the man, makes every decision, every personnel decision. It's all him. That crashes and burns. And then him and Howie bring in a new coach. But instead of repeating the mistake he made with Chip, he does the exact opposite. Doug has almost no power. I mean, I'm convinced even to this day that Doug Peterson was only brought in to be a scapegoat. 
I, I still believe when the day he was hired, I know it didn't work out that way because he went on to have this magical season with the help of Reich and DiFlippo and the team that, that was put together in 16 and 17. But I still believe that he was brought in to be a guy so that they could rebuild and then go, ah, it's not working out, buddy, sorry, we're going to give it to somebody else and then make a run. So now they bring in a guy who they're just going to control, right? And for a couple years, they're running the show, and it worked. Whether, whether you are happy with the way the Doug Peterson story and saga ended in Philly or not, we got a ring. It worked. We got a Super Bowl. So now, Jeffrey Lurie, who is, what have you done for me lately? What he believes in the moment, not a creature of habit at all. He believes that it was effective. He's going to do it again. He's going to bring in Sirianni, who is another young guy, offensive coordinator. Now, maybe he's looked at a little bit in a little bit of a better light than Doug Peterson was when he was hired, but it's a similar thing. And now we're seeing we're seeing proof of that because we're already seeing Jeffrey Lurie making mandates about personnel. It's it can't be good for a team. It can't be good for the relationship of the brass. It can't be good for the players to know and understand that the real decisions are coming from the owner. It undermines a coach and the respect that he gets in the locker room. There's no way to spin it to make it okay. So, yes, you're right. It can't be good if he's the one making these decisions. But now I'm I'm almost curious, and this is before our time, so I can't tell you, and I would imagine that you don't know for sure, how involved was Jeffrey Lurie in selecting McNabb? I know he was very involved in selecting Carson Wentz, and if he was very involved with McNabb and he was very involved with Carson Wentz, whether at the time, and I think no one will disagree, 2016, 2017 is worth whatever you gave up. It was the right decision then. McNabb was the right decision without a shadow of a doubt. And then moving into this, this guy, if he was involved in McNabb, which I don't know, but I'm going to make an assumption given his track record of his like thinking that an owner is the one who ultimately, maybe not backbreaker decision, but has a say in the quarterback. If he picked McNabb and he picked Carson Wentz, if he is ultimately going to select this next man and he feels strongly about it, I think he earns that right. And I think that maybe he's been doing more than we think. And that's that that might not be a great thing with a guy like Jerry Jones, who is very much a, a, a clearly schmuck. schmuck. Yeah, no, he hasn't made good decisions around football. Jeffrey Lurie, I think, deserves a little bit longer of a leash. And the reason that I'm not so angry about it, I'm not calling him Jerry Jones, is this is what I want it to. And that probably sways my decision. I see this from a different perspective than you. Well, no, I, I, I think I agree with that. Right, that, that ET, moment. Because I don't want to draft the quarterback. I right. think that's bad. But I also don't want to say to myself, well, I don't want to draft the quarterback, and I don't think it's good for Jeffrey Lurie to, to do what he's doing, but I'm going to put the blinders on because it's convenient because a couple years from now I may disagree, and then how are you gonna how am I going to be – critical of it a few years from now if I was willing to be like okay well I like Jalen Hurts too you know yeah yeah I think this is something like uh back in the day a couple years ago my dad is fine but my dad went to the doctor and he was a little overweight and they said you have a touch of diabetes this is something you can monitor it's not a big issue my dad may have eaten too many sweets at that time and it's something we need to monitor but it's not it's not full-blown diabetes yet it's something we need to be concerned about but at the same time, if the Eagles are run in the franchise that I believe Jeffrey Lurie will, like like a human body, we will be okay. We just need 
to not compare the man to like we can't compare a touch of diabetes to full blown cancer that is Jerry Jones. That's fair. I'll give you that. Yeah. So that that's how I feel about this whole thing. I'm excited. And that probably is making this a little bit easier for me to feel like, oh, this owner is involved. But I'm also the type of guy who would definitely say, I don't tell another man what to do with his money, even if it's my franchise that you have a tattoo of, and I'm eventually almost certainly going to have a tattoo of. Like, none of this makes real sense. But for right now, I think that the Eagles made the right decision. Jeffrey Lurie made the right decision. I'd have a lot of a lot of a different view if the same report came out last week and they said Jeffrey Lurie said, I want one of the three quarterbacks, whoever it is, I want them. Then we're really upset. So that's a scary thing to think about. But right I'm now, heated. I'd be I'm sick. So I'd be mid. sick to my stomach. So that being said, I think um, I, I'd be interested to hear what people think about it, where they are with Jeffrey Lurie. We posted last week about it. But uh, after listening to this, we would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Are you good with wrapping this up? I'm wrapping this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's, let's, it is let's a tip. It's a it. tip. You know, I, I finished a half hour ago when we were talking about Jalen Hurts being our quarterback. I, I need new underwear. Uh, wait, uh, be, before, before I let us sign off, I just wanted to get a really, really, really fast take on your opinion of the Jeff McLean article about Howie Roseman and Lane Johnson getting into a shouting match. Did you, did you uh, read any of that? I, I did read it. And here's what I think about those articles. Uh, Jeff McLean, listen, I know you got to make money. I know it's, uh, you know, you're never going to listen to this. So I don't even know why I'm talking to you, but I think we're close enough. I can call you Jeff. Jeff, I know you need clicks. I know you need people to come out and, and, and give you your ad sponsorship. You need a job for 12 months of the year and the Eagles only play for six and they're only interesting maybe in the news for nine. You need to fill the time. I get it. I would like to think that you're an Eagles fan. What do you think that you're doing positively for the Eagles bringing up this shit from three years ago? Nonsense, right? It's, it's just, it's, All right. it's infuriating to me because you are supposed to cover your team. Ray Didinger would never be caught dead doing things like this because Ray Didinger cares about the Philadelphia Eagles. And an article about a, a story from when we were in Jacksonville or in London three years ago has no right being in the news today because we have other shit to worry about. Yeah. There, right. there, there's a whole team around us anymore. Good. I just wanted I wanted us to touch on it and have a position on it because it's ridiculous. Jeff McClain, you smell your own farts and I don't like you. Yeah, he's he's on ESP levels as far as I'm concerned right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. He's in the, the that eighth ring of hell. With Tenth ESP. and Oregon, I'll order a double slider and I'll knock you both out. Or we can have a conversation and I can tell you how to be a real member of media like me. <laughs> this we, <has> are, been... <laughs> we are the Philly Specialists. And this has been the tip. Just the tip. Lots and lots of tip. <laughs> Just the tip over and over and over again. Only tip. Thanks for listening. Check out our Instagram. <laughs> At the Philly Specialist.